Kunisti, how are ye? Welcome to the Candlelit Tales podcast and our by now annual series on Samhain stories. In this episode, Aaron will be retelling the chilling story of the vampiric Darag Du. If you want more Samhain stories, we have a playlist on YouTube, so be sure to head over there and check it out. We're doing a lot of exciting events with Puka Festival this year. Please check out their website for details and check out our website for our own upcoming live show in the Sugar Club this November. This podcast is brought to you by our supporters at Patreon. You can join them over at patreon.com forward slash candlelittales or make a one-time donation to the PayPal button on our website. Like and share and above all enjoy. And for now, Aaron, tell us a story. The Darug do. They say she'd come for you around these parts at the crossroads after late a day. Sure, no one really knows these things. I've seen it though, my own eyes. Through the veil now, as it is and all. Well, <laughs> she'll come for you. Oh, yeah, she will. The thirsty one. At the crossroads there where men are walking alone. Always men she's after. Men with something to hide. Something they're ashamed of. Something. She'll draw out you. Can't be sure really, but whatever she's looking for. <laughs> no Colleen. McGraw. I still have such a fondness for her, really. Even after. Sure, I suppose there's only one way to tell you now is to tell you the tale. She was beautiful. Farmer's daughter. God, after so many years now, I can't even remember, although through passages of time you forget all the details, but her image there standing, beautiful long flowing hair red, like a horse's mane. She's far too good looking for me now. Me, just one of the townies. Here we'd make her living by fixing things or doing things in the farms if we're asked for. Not much of going really in terms of work. Landlords always asking for more. Tax going up and the like. I mean a Coney a Port Lorigan, you know. No. That's my home, Warford. The town. But sure look. It's a different time back then, seeing so much change. Get on with it, says you, I will, says I so. He was a poor enough lad, I suppose. Had no real prospects, really. Nothing much, I suppose, until... God, he fell in love. The farmer's daughter. Colleen McGraw. I mean, y- you would have too. Sure, we were only young fools, really. She fell for me too, somehow. I didn't know I had mud all over me and cheeky grin and... Well... We were dropping up some of the milk to the creamery and well, I dropped over one of the bottles and well, her hand leant down to grab mine and they touched. Sparks flew between us and I knew I couldn't let this girl go. We started courting her, you know, the way you do. Dropping off a few daisies, a few flowers. Always trying to avoid the father, you know. He wasn't too happy with the likes of me sniffing around his daughter. But I couldn't stay away. When she 
set her big blue eyes on me, I tell you. There was no stopping me. She was young, a couple of years younger than me, but I was young too. Well, rolling the haystacks, I suppose. I swore to her I'd marry her. I'd make honest work. I'd work hard. I'd be in the fields all day just to put a roof over our head. No matter the tax, no matter the wage. I'd find a way I would. Just have to convince her bloody father first. It was at the thrashing then. And all the towns come out and they show off what they've been doing. I suppose it's like the puck fair or the markets now. The landlord was there. Amadon prick. Foolish, evil man he was too. Always asking my mother for more rent as well and he knew well we didn't have it. Well, rumour has it he saw McCalleen McGraw. Her beautiful red hair and her pale skin and, well, once he saw her, well that was it. He didn't know much about it. I was still making daisy chains to drop up to my Colleen McGraw and well, my love wasn't there when I went up to see her the next night. She didn't meet me at the Falkhorn Field. She left no note or nothing, no word. Not that I could have read one, but she was smart. She could have written it. I could have got it read, I suppose. Just through the grapevine then I heard. After the thrashing and after Big landlord saw her, well, he went straight up to the father. Poor enough farmer, he supposed we had land. He made him an offer he wouldn't refuse. I suppose he offered money and he took it. Just for the hand of his daughter. Not many could have refused, I suppose, but... He had land, you know. He could have said no. I could have done more, I suppose, but... At the time, my hands were tied, uh, I couldn't profess that I loved her, you know. I had nothing to offer. Nothing but my bare hands, me hard back to work in the fields of his own land, but well, I, I left it go, I suppose. My heart was broken, I swear. The love we had, the love we shared, it was true, I knew it was. Her soft lips under the moon. The softness of her skin on mine. But I put those memories aside. You know, her father had found a better life for her. Marry a big Englishman, a wealthy landlord. Prick, Amadon. She went with him. I don't know, I hadn't really seen her much, I suppose. I just presumed she was alright in the big house. I thought her were alright. Figured she, she wouldn't be happy. But I tried to tell myself she would be, you know, one day. I thought she'd get used to the finery and, well, the three layers of cutlery there all splash out in the fancy dinners and the likes. She'd be eating well better than I'd be able to provide for her, that's for sure. So I wished her luck. I went down the river and washed the way off me, you know. Tried to move on with things. That was her life now and mine was not to be wrapped up in hers and I couldn't go pining after her, but my feet always brought me to the big house. Oftentimes I, I think I might see her in the window, but I couldn't be sure. Didn't have the nerve to come knocking or visiting or anything like that. They were very seldom seen, those pair. 
the landlord and his new wife. They had the wedding all right, I didn't go. Heard she looked pale, paler than she ever was. As the days went on, I suppose I just let them bleed into weeks and months and new moons came and gone and as I just put my head down, kept on working, you know. One of the girls then, well, from the post office, she took a shine to me and I took a fancy to her too, I suppose. I needed some company. It wasn't long till we were rolling around the, the haystacks as well. Her belly grew and it was the thing to do then, get married. I was old enough, everyone told me he'd put manners on me, you know. So I did that. Kept on thinking of me, Colleen, McGraw, though. The first, they say, is always the hardest. You know, the first time you fall in love, you're supposed to marry them. Make them yours. Have them make you theirs. But, I don't know. I just wanted to forget about it, I suppose, so. I got on my life. We settled in. My mother was close to her own day and age, and well, my new wife, she gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. I suppose I was happy. Till, uh, till I heard news come from the old house. The big manor, the stone walls, big gate. The servants there, they whispered about how the lady of the house wasn't eating. No one could get her to eat anything or drink anything. When I'd heard that, Something went sour inside me. I knew it wasn't right. Should that bloody landlord was old enough to be twice her age. I mean, old enough to be your granddad, you know. But still, I suppose, what was I to do? You know, I'm just a peasant. I couldn't be climbing, scaling the walls. Sure, they'd have me ripped apart by the dogs. I tried to forget about it, but I'd be tossing and turning. I'd wake in cold sweats and my wife would wonder what's going on in me and I just look outside, stare at the moon, and just prayed she'd be okay. Sure enough, the word came in then, and she'd passed away. I suppose you could call it suicide, I don't know. She just let herself die, by all account. Although they were grumbling and saying it was a sickness and a fever, and an illness and a wasted disease. That's what they say, you know. I didn't believe her though. She hadn't been eaten. She hadn't been happy. She hadn't been seen around town. Never once did I see her, you know. I always thought, why hadn't I seen her come out? I'd seen him. Some of the fairs. Come down, lording it about the place, but she was always locked away. For over a year and a day, I didn't see her, not one day. Thought just time would make it better, but... They didn't bury her proper either, you know. Not the way she wanted she always joked how she wanted to be buried up in one of the hills under stones, you know, like the old ways. No, they, they buried her in a box, stuck her in the ground, in the landlord's plot. Sure, what was she doing there, you know, surrounded by Englishmen and English women, if they were, I don't know. Anyway, it wasn't long after that the the landlord was killed. <laughs> he found dead. I was delighted. I was mirth going through me. I thought, finally, justice. There's a bit of justice out there. He didn't have to be worrying too much about our bills now that he was gone. But then her father was killed too. 
The rumours about how it happened was spooky enough sent a chill down my spine, I'll tell you that. They were both drained of blood, they say. Cuts on their necks. And Derek too, they say. The spirit from the other side of the veil coming through to punish them for what did they do? But I can only imagine the landlord. He did something. He did plenty wrong. There was plenty for him to pay for. And the father. Well, I don't know. I suppose he might have been guilty, all right. Selling his only daughter, you know. I was working with cold sweats. I told my wife to maybe take the baby out to spend a bit of time with her own family for a while. Give me some peace and quiet around the house. So she agreed, not really knowing what was going on with me. My head was turning. The guilt was going through me, you know. Could I really have done anything at all? Well, me only love, my first and only, Macaulay McGraw, when she'd been trapped up there in a cold stone house, I did nothing, you know. I was thrashing and turning, there was like a weight in my chest. I should have done something, you know, I, I knew I should have. But it was too late now, and well, the moon was bright, coming in the window. The door creaked open, and there she was. More beautiful than ever. Long, flowing red hair. Her skin so pale, her lips red and rosy, and she smiled at me. Macaulay, McGraw, you're back to me. Fell into her arms and she fell into mine. Then she asked me, Why didn't I come for her? I had no answer only. I, I, I couldn't do anything. It wasn't mine job to do anything. I... I... Ha! That's when I felt it. She kissed my neck as if soft and soothed me. Then she bit down and... I was strained. I felt weak, powerless. The guilt and the shame took over me. And why hadn't I done something to protect her? I felt like giving it all to her now. Every drop of blood, every bit of it. Well, whether I wanted it or not, she took it all. That's all I remember, really, of that night. You know, I seemed locked around the crossroads watching men walk up and down and some of them meet the same fate always seem to pop up more so around the time end and beginning when it's getting all dark you know the end of one day the start of another the end of one year the beginning of another on some eve I can nearly feel my feet touch the floor I tell you She's out there too. With Colleen McGraw. The dark do. Who knows? She may come for you. This podcast was produced and edited by Alan Homan with music by Alan Homan. You can find out more about us on our website, candlelittales.ie. And we're on all social media, so like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Candlelit Tales or send us a message or get onto our mailing list. 
For more videos and live streams, like and subscribe to our Candlelit Tales YouTube channel, which now has a Candlelit Tales for Kids playlist. Hashtag CandleLittleTales. Liking and subscribing to our channel really helps us grow and get to more people. And if you're able to give us more direct support, you can chip in a few bob at patreon.com forward slash candlelittales or make a one-time donation through the PayPal button on our website. We also do really like to hear back from you with your questions and requests. So please feel free to contact us directly or leave your question in the comments section below. Because what we really want to do is get these stories out there, share them with as many people as possible. So anything you can do to help, we really appreciate. And we really appreciate you listening. Gurmila Magar.